that no swarm of flies shall be there. To the end of thou mayest know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. For just a little while this morning, I want to minister on this style, living where God intended. Living where God intended. Can we lift our hands to heaven today one more time and just begin to ask the Lord to have His will and His way. Come on, wherever you're at right now in your relationship with God, whatever you need from Him, will you just let Him know that today? Will you begin to speak from your heart? Lord, we love You and we praise You. God, we honor You today, Lord Jesus. Lord, You are great, God, and greatly to be praised in this house, God. I pray, Lord, you lead us, guide us, and direct us, Lord, in the Holy Ghost, Jesus. I pray, God, you give us ears to hear this morning and a heart to receive, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, you would accomplish, God, what you need to accomplish in this house. God, I pray, Lord, you'd open up every heart, every mind, every soul, God. Lord, we feel your spirit in this place, God. Lord, and we're responding, God, in such a way, Lord God, to grab your attention, God. We pray, Lord God, that somebody, Lord Jesus, would be set free today. God, let somebody receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let somebody be renewed, Lord, in this house. Lord, I pray, God, if you can use anything, Lord, use this messenger. In Jesus' name we pray today. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord another hand clap of praise today. Before you're seated, tell your neighbor, say, I'm going to live where God intended. I'm going to live where God intended. Amen. You can be seated today. Brother Hunter, make sure you see me after church today. I have something I have to give you a hard time about. I heard he got pulled over yesterday for going too slow. No, going the speed limit. It's not what the officer said, and I'm going to believe the law. <laughs> Thought out of all the people in our church to tell speed up, you had to tell Hunter to speed up. It's their fault. Whatever happens from here on out, we're going to blame it on that officer. We really begin to learn about the land of Goshen after Joseph is let out of prison and placed over the land by Pharaoh. Joseph had been through so much, but he finally had the opportunity to be the leader that God promised him he was going to be. This is what he dreamt of. This is, this is the thing that God put in his heart, and it's the very dreams that got him, amen, put in that pit and sold into slavery. He finally had the opportunity to bring his family close to him and to provide for them. Everyone is coming out of a season of famine. Food has been lacking. Livestock has died. And everyone was feeling the weight of the famine on everything they were doing. But God, I love that in scripture. But God begins to restore and provide. Pharaoh understands how great this land is and even told Joseph that his family in this place would enjoy the fat of the land. They went from famine to blessing in just a matter of moments. Can I let you know if you feel like you're in a famine today, that there is a blessing that is being prepared for you right now. Come on, you can't give up right now and you can't quit just because you're living in the middle of a famine. But I'm here to let somebody know, keep pushing and keep striving because your blessing has already been planted. Come on, Pharaoh looked on the land and says, look how wonderful this is. It's perfect for those that are herders and those that have, that have animals. This is going to be the best place for them. Joseph was sold into slavery, lied on, thrown in jail and forgotten about, only to rise up in one day, lead the children of Israel into the land of Goshen. Isn't it beautiful how God works? In the moment, I'm sure everything Joseph went through didn't make sense. Why me and why now? Anybody ever feel that way this morning? A couple of us. But the moment that he gets the opportunity to take his people from a place of famine and to the land of the harvest, he would understand the journey he was on. The journey was from God and not from the enemy. We have to realize that sometimes. That where God is taking us and leading us, even though it seems difficult, and even though it seems rough sometimes, the journey you're on, amen, is coming from God. God is leading you and God is guiding you. you got to trust the process. Trust that God has everything under control. It would be through this journey that God would place the children of Israel right where they needed to be. They were in the land of Goshen. This was a land prepared by God for His people to survive in. God knew what He was doing long before Joseph was ever sold into slavery. Every time he got lied upon and put in prison, he understood God knew that his ways were higher than our ways. 
Just like Pastor Ty preached this morning, we don't understand why God does things sometimes. But that's why we still have to trust in Him. Amen. God knew what He was doing because it would be a few years later that the children of Israel would end up being slaves to the Egyptians. Even though they were slaves to the Egyptian, the location where God planted them did not change. Even though the enemy was in to destroy them and to put them in bondage, they were still in a place of blessing. They were still in the place of anointing. They were still in a place of provision. They should not have dwelt in that land because that land was the best of the best in Egypt. But God says, listen, they're getting ready to go through some trials. They're going to go 400 years in slavery. But I'm going to make sure while they're in slavery that they still have the best of the best because they're my people. Some of you are getting it this morning. Come on, you got to understand, it doesn't matter if we're on our mountaintop or in our valley low. When we follow the will of God in our lives, you'll still live in the best of the best. Come on, if you're running from some things right now, you're still going to live in the best of the best because you are called by God and God loves you. You may feel like you're fighting, but look around you and still see the blessings. You may feel like you're being bound by some things and fought by some things, but look around you and still see the goodness that God is doing in your life. Let me say this. Is it all right to be blessed? Come on, some of us are afraid to be blessed. We pray for it, we ask for it, but we are afraid to live in blessings. How do I explain my blessings to my coworkers? How do I explain this to my family that doesn't believe in God and thinks this is just crazy? How do I explain to the world that when I'm going through my roughest of times, I am still blessed? Come on, we pray for it. We ask for it. But then once it comes, we almost feel like I don't deserve it and I shouldn't live here. But can I tell you the reason you're living there is because you're a chosen generation and God loves you and God wants the absolute best for you. Goshen was close enough to Egypt for the Israelites to say they lived in Egypt, but far away that they still kept their identity. Well, that's why that scripture says that I may be in this world, but I'm not of this world. I may be living in this world, but I'm separated enough from this world that the ways of this world do not identify who I am. Because I'm still a child of the Most High God. I've still been bought with a price. I've still been saved by grace. Come on, somebody. Yes, you do live in this world right now, but the world does not dictate who you are unless you allow it to. Come on, we sing songs all the time. I know who I am. I know who I am in God. I know who he brought me to. I know what he brought me from. And I know where he's taken me to. Can you just enjoy the ride that God has you on right now? Come on and quit trying to change it. Quit trying to redirect it. Quit trying to figure it out and just say, God, I'm going to trust you in every step of the way because where I'm living at right now is a place of blessings. They're saying we should look different. We should act different. We should speak different. Walk different than people that are in Egypt. You know what Egypt is? Egypt was a representation of the world. He says, listen, you're going to be living in the world. And the world's going to feel like it's surrounding you and has a grip on you. But I'm still going to keep you far enough from the world that you're still going to be living in my blessings. You're still going to be living in my anointing. Can I cut to this part right now? The reason that sometimes we struggle and we get frustrated is because we're trying to live in two places at one time. Come on, we're trying to live in Egypt some days because it feels good and it sounds good. And then we try to go back to Goshen on Sundays and we wonder why there's so much confusion and so much frustration. Can I tell you, you were never meant to live in Egypt. I said you were never meant to live in this world. You were never meant to stay here and this be your last thing. Come on, God's called you into something great. God's called you into something powerful. And there is no way that that anointing will come to fruition while you're living in Egypt. But if you want your anointing and you want your power 
and you want your authority and blessings from God, you've got to get to the land that where you were intended to live. Come on, it's the land of Goshen. It's the land that God separated and says, no, this is for my people. Mm. The land that was prepared before anything else ever happened. The land, amen, that God says, this is where we'll end up. I love that it was coming out of a famine when they were blessed with the best. Come on, somebody. Coming out of having nothing and all of a sudden God says, here it is. This is what I've been promising you. This is what I've been speaking to you. This is the very thing that your grandfathers talked about. The very stories that you heard over and over again. Come on, I want our church to experience revival. I want this church to be full of revival. I want this place, I want to see miracles, signs, and wonders. Just like we've heard about over and over again. When I'm young enough, I remember those moments, amen, where blinded eyes were open and deaf ears were unstopped, not hundreds of years ago, but within my lifetime. I remember sitting in service and a lady that had never heard in her life began to be prayed over by the man of God, and all of a sudden she signed, I can hear, I can hear. I'm telling you, that's the kind of things I want to experience. Come on, and we cannot experience those things while we're living on the edge of Egypt and Goshen. We got to be in one place or another. And God's calling us today, amen, to forget the world and to let go of the world and live in God, the place that God's prepared. <laughs> so beautiful to think of all the Lord has done and all the Lord is going to do. He promised in the last days, amen, there's going to be the former and the latter rank. Come on, and until you say that out, you don't understand how awesome that is. Understand the former rain was meant for planting and to allow the crop to grow. But it was the latter and the former that brought through the harvest. And it was the most powerful. And it was the most meaningful. Because if it wasn't for the rain, there could be no harvest. Come on, God's calling us to live in the place of a harvest. What's interesting is as Egypt began to go against the children of Israel, the Bible lets us know as, as Egypt began to bind Israel up and begin to give them a rough time, they became more and more blessed. So you know what they said? They said, you know what? They're still feeling blessed, so I'm going to tighten it up just a little bit more. And the Bible says when they tightened it up just a little bit more, they were blessed even more. I said, anybody that was living in the land that God intended them to live in, when the enemy came in to destroy them and to mess things up, it caused a blessing to begin to pour out. Come on, some people right now that's going through some things, I just felt a, something in the Holy Ghost. Some people right now, you've been struggling and the enemy's been tough on you and the enemy's been trying to choke you out. But can I tell you, there's about ready to be an anointing that falls on you. Come on, because you said in the midst of all this trial, in the midst of all this chaos, I'm still going to stay in the place that God called me to stay in. I'm still going to stay in church. I'm still going to get up on Sundays and come to church. I'm still going to get here on Wednesday night Bible studies. Because I understand something greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And the world might be trying to come against me, but there's a God in heaven that's greater than that. And there's a God in heaven that's going to bless me because I'm not going to leave him in times of trial. Come on, I beg the question this morning, where are you living right now? Are you living in this world or are you living in the land where God has placed you? Come on, it's a question to ask today. It's a question that we need to begin to check ourselves. Is it only on Sundays that we go back to Goshen? And then we grab our work bag on Monday morning, and we head into Egypt for the rest of the week? Or are we saying, God, I don't care what this week brings. I'm still going to stay in this land. I'm still going to stay in the place where you ordained me, and you placed for me, and that you planted for me. You know what Goshen means? To be near to Him. That's what Goshen means. Goshen means I'm going to be near to Him. So every time the Israelites saw that, every time the Israelites heard the word Goshen, it wasn't Goshen that they heard, but it says we're going to the place that we're near to him. 
The funny thing is, is him is capitalized with a capital H. And in the Bible, anytime you see that capital H, is somebody specific that they're speaking of. And the children of Israel understood that and knew. The him with a capital H was God. They said, as long as I stay in this place, I'm going to draw closer to him. I'm going to draw near to him. And as soon as I walked out, I was drawing away from him. Come on, God's calling us today, amen, not to draw away from him in this time, but it's to draw near to him, to get closer to him. God wants a relationship with you today. It was Joshua, think about it. It was Joshua, right before he died, who experienced both slavery and the promised land, who spoke to the people and says, the last thing I can give you today is this, choose you this day who you're going to serve. Or choose you this day what lands you will live in. You can go serve your fathers. You can go over this way. But he says, I'm going to tell you right now, as for me and my house, and every generation that comes after me, we are planted in the place where God intended for us. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We've got to make that up in our minds and in our hearts. All the days of my life, I want to serve the Lord. All the days of my life, I'm going to live in the place of blessings, in the place of overflow. It's interesting. We go back to Moses and the Goshen. When Moses first approached Pharaoh about letting the people go, the first several plagues that occurred happened to everybody. Water into blood affected everybody. Goshen, amen, was a great place because it was actually where two rivers met. Some of you understand the significance of that. Where two rivers came together, right in the middle of it. Because even if a drought comes, there's still two rivers to pull from. There's still two bodies of water that are leading to the place where they need to go. The water turns into blood. There was an abundance of frogs that went throughout all the land. And then the lice hit. Nobody start itching your head, so I'm not allowed to do that at home because my wife yells at me. Egypt and the servants were all affected. But God speaks to Moses during the fourth plague, and he says, I want you to go out, and I want you to declare something. The first three affected everybody. But now I'm getting ready to show Pharaoh who I really am. A line in the sand is about ready to be drawn. Listen, Exodus chapter 8, verse 22. I read it a few minutes ago. And I will sever in that day the land of Goshen, in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there. To the end that thou mayest knowest that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. Listen. Pharaoh needed to understand and realize where his land ended and where God's land began. You may think that you own all this area, but I'm getting ready to show you that your rule only stops, goes to this place. You can only go so far. So as long as the children of Israel went home every night where they were supposed to be, plagues four through ten did not have an effect on them. I said, there's some things in this world that have come to attack people in this world that you were never intended to. There are some things that the enemy has brought on this world that you were never intended to live in, that you were never intended to suffer through. Come on, there are some things right now that everybody's struggling with it, that everybody's battling right now. And God says, no, there is a line that's being drawn. This may affect the rest of the world, but this will not touch my people. I spoke about it before. We talk about fear. We talk about anxiety. and We talk about depression and oppression and all these things. And could it be that the reason that some of us feel those things and the reason that some of us feel that binding and that fear and that anxiety and that pressure is because we're not living where God put us. Because listen, he says, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. He never said, I'm going to bring the spirit of fear to you, but of a sound mind. 
So these things that we're battling, we're going through, God says, if you'll get yourself living in the place where you're supposed to be living, these kind of things will not affect you any longer. Second Timothy chapter one through seven says this, for God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. My God, somebody, you need to step up and walk out of the fear that you've been suffering. You need to step up and you need to walk out of the anxiety and the depression and the frustration you're living in right now. And you got to say, no, that may affect the rest of the world, but I'm going to live in the place that God intended me to be. I'm going to go live in the place of power and the place of love, the place of a sound mind. There's something else that happened in Goshen. It was called the place of overflow. The overflow is what's poured out of the cup. It's all the extra. See, every month we all hold a cup in our hand. And we have to fill that cup to get by. And whatever doesn't get in that cup is the lack that we have. But David says, listen, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Why? Because he understood that as his cup runs over, He's living in the overflow. It's all the extra. God says, I'm taking care of that piece. Now I want you to enjoy the rest of this piece. Listen, what God's telling you is, listen, you're not supposed to live paycheck to paycheck. Come on, you're not supposed to live in a place that you suffer and you're trying to make ends meet. But when you live where I intended you to live in, there's going to be enough left over every week that you don't have to stress, that you don't have to worry, that you don't have to fear. It's time that some of us pick ourselves up and begin to live out of the overflow that God has for us. John and I, Friday night, went up and saw Brother Brown and we had a good time. We just started talking. And one of the things he talked about was the blessings of God. He said, recently I was just blessed with something that we've been waiting for since 2011. 2011 was when this was supposed to start, and it hasn't yet. He goes, I didn't know when it was going to come. He goes, but you know what? There were several times in that moment, between 2011 till now, that we struggled financially, and some things occurred. And he says, you know what? We still paid our tithes first. We still did what we were supposed to do. He said, there were moments that I gave my last dollar, and all of a sudden that next Monday there would be a check in the mail. He said, Brother Wes, if people would understand and realize the benefits of giving, if they would realize what happens when you just open up your wallet and say, God, I understand that I have nothing of this without you. He said, there's been multiple times where they thought they didn't have enough, where God just began to pour on them. God just began, he says, you know what I do every time? He says, I make sure I take the very first thing is paid is the tithes out of whatever sum of money that is. You know what Brother Brown's figured out? is how to live in the place of overflow. Just when you think it's going to run out, just when you think ends aren't going to meet this month, all of a sudden, God comes rushing in. All of a sudden, God comes and fills things up. And all of a sudden, God allows you, amen, to live in the place where he intends you to be. The other thing that's interesting is we talked about fear. When we talk about living in a place of fear and frustration and anger. and There's some weeks that we wake up and it's just a fight. It's a fight to get up out of bed. It's a fight to get to work. It's a fight to get home. Anybody ever feel that way today? Every time you turn around, there's a fight. It's, oh, God, I just need something to work for me. I just need something to work in my favor. Anybody ever feel that way before? Oh, one very long ago, I said, God, I just need something. And in this moment, something's got to turn. Eventually, something's got to happen. God began to minister to me in the past couple of services. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. It says, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. 
Sister Diamond started a song out last week. You did not create me. I'm not going to try to sing. To worry. You did not create me to fear. But you created me to worship. I said, you didn't create me to worry. You didn't create me to fear. But you created me to worship. Brother West, what does all that mean? I, I think of another song that says, this is how I fight my battles. See, we're trying to fight our battles with our own fists, with our own words, with our own power, and our own mind. And our battles were never meant to be fought that way. He says, you know what? When you begin to fight your battles, it's done through worship. It's done through praise. Come on, listen. listen. When you're living in the place that God intended you, praise and worship wins the battles that you're going through. So the next time you have a hard time getting up out of bed, oh God, I love you, Jesus. God, I praise you. This is a day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I said, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to worship through it. I'm going to praise through it. I'm going to give God glory through it. Come on. There were several times when Israel was doing right before God. And he says, listen, the first people I want you to send out are the choirs and the musicians. That's what I want you to send out first. Because I'm going to teach people in 2020, when you're getting ready to go up against an enemy that's bigger than you, that the first thing you grab is not your sword and your spear. But the first thing you grab is your instruments and your organs. I said, and the first thing you grab, amen, is the worship. Oh, this is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. I said, it may look like I'm surrounded on every side, but I'm surrounded by you and everything I go through and everything I fight and everything I face. If I would learn how to praise and learn how to worship, and learn how to just place some things in God's hands. Come on, I wonder what would happen if somebody that's been fighting and been going through hell lately and you don't know how you're going to get out of it would quit fighting your own way and just begin to worship, just begin to praise, just begin to shout. No, it doesn't make sense. Why in the world would I worship when everything's going around me? Come on, Paul and Silas, why in the worry when I'm chained with both hands and feet in the innermost prison? Why in the world would that be the time that I begin to sing praises to God at the midnight hour? Paul and Silas do listen, there's not a whole lot I can do right now, but I know how to praise and I still know how to worship. You know why? Because they lived where God intended them to live. I said, we're just doing the work of the Lord. And my goodness, I'm still gonna do the work of the Lord. Even when I'm in chains, even when I'm in fetters, I'm still going to do the work. I can't convince you of it. You got to be convinced of it yourself. You got to be convinced of the power of your worship. You got to be convinced in the power of your praise. Come on, I don't know what the Israelites thought when they first were told, you need to walk around that place for six days and you don't say a word. Obedience. Stay where you belong. Stay where I've created you. I told you to get in line. Stay in the line. I told you to get behind the man of God. Get behind the man of God. I told you to get behind the Ark of the Covenant. Get behind the presence of God. That's what went out first. We're going to send the Ark of the Covenant. And you know what? Wherever that Ark of the Covenant goes, I want you to follow it. Wherever the presence of God goes, I want you to follow it. Don't get out of line. Don't do what you're not supposed to do. But God, this doesn't make sense. I feel like I'm beating my head against the same wall over and over again. He says, yes, but there's going to be a moment when I'm going to let you speak out. There's going to be a moment when I say, go ahead and worship. There's going to be a moment. Come on, somebody. A place that's flowing with milk and honey doesn't make any sense unless you've lived in a wilderness. A place that's flowing with milk and honey doesn't make sense unless you just came out of a famine. Walking around a wall that you've been intimidated by and you've been afraid of for all this time doesn't make any sense until you begin to see those walls begin to crack and begin to crumble. See, what they didn't understand was God, even after they went out of Goshen, He still placed them where they needed to be. This is still the land 
that I made for you. This is still the place where you're supposed to be at. And ah, come on. And I'm not going to let anything come against you. I'm not going to let anything fight against you. Come on, I can just imagine as they begin to walk around that wall that they never thought would fall. And all of a sudden, the first crack appeared. All of a sudden, the earth shook a little bit. All of a sudden, from top down to... Come on, there's been some people. You've been living where God's intended you to live. And there's some things that are getting ready to fall at your feet because you've been living right and you've been doing right. So now's not the time to fight, but now's the time to worship. Now's the time to praise. Now's the time to lift up your voice and shout. Now's the time to sing. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, somebody worship him right now. Somebody praise him right now. I don't care if it doesn't make sense. I don't care if the person next to you isn't standing. I wonder what would happen right now if you just did an impromptu praise. Some impromptu worship. Pastor Ty, you spoke about it earlier. Why am I arguing with God when he says to worship? Why am I arguing with God when he says you want out of this mess? This is how you get out of it. Come on, I'm here to let somebody know you can be free today. I said you can be set free today. Mm, hallelujah. 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 Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. But God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I said the need that you're worried about right now, the need that has you distracted right now, God says I'm getting ready to supply it. All I want you to worry about right now is worshiping. All I want you to worry about right now is praising. All I want you to worry about right now is living for me. I'm going to take care of the rest. Come on, keep worshiping. If you're worshiping, don't stop. Come on, your worship's about ready to set somebody else free. Your praise is about ready to unlock some things for somebody else. Because Paul and Silas says, I'm going to worship where God placed me. All of a sudden, everybody else in that prison cell was set free. There were people that were saved that day. Oh. Come on, somebody worship right now. Somebody love Jesus right now. Somebody quit worrying about what you have to go on this week. I said, somebody quit worrying about your schedule this week. Somebody quit worrying about your wallet and your bank account. You're living where God intended you to live. You're at church on Sunday to hear the word from the Lord that says, quit worrying, quit fretting. I'm supplying all of your needs. Hallelujah, Jesus. We'll stand all across this place. Come on, if you feel like coming to the altar, come to the altar. I have this last thing. Listen to this. Listen to this. During the fourth plague, he says, I'm gonna mark, I'm gonna mark it off. You can't go past this. During the tenth plague, he says, You need to go make a sacrifice. And you need to make sure the place that you dwell in has blood on both poles, on, on both, both side poles and on the top. The posts on your house, make sure they have blood. He says, because I need you to live under the blood for a little while. You and I begin to look at that. The scripture came to mind. After the enemy got Eve to sin. You know what she said? The Lord came to the enemy and says, listen, for the rest of your life, I'm going to take the feet from you and you're going to have to crawl. He says, the other thing I'm going to do is I'm going to put enmity between your seed and her seed. There's going to be a moment in the day when I'm gonna put a line. And when I put that line, you're gonna feel it because it's gonna bruise your head and it's gonna bruise my heel. He says, I'm gonna crush it. The Bible lets us know when Jesus was in the garden and he went as far as he could and he was praying, there was a moment when the enemy tried to come up and the head of that snake was crushed. And the, bru and the heel of his foot was bruised. The enemy had no idea what he just put in effect. The plan that came with the garden where he says, I'm going to make sure there's a clear line. You cannot pass this. Happened when the enemy thought he won. Think about it. 
When the enemy thought he had Jesus dead to rights, he was on the cross. He was getting ready to take his last breath and the blood began to fall down. You know what happened? Jesus took his last breath. They laid him in a grave that was only going to be temporary. He went down to hell and he says, listen, remember when I told you all those years ago that there's going to be enmity between her seed and your seed? The blood that just fell from that cross drew a line in the sand that in 2020, my people, which are called by my name, when they humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then they will hear from heaven and I will restore their land. He's saying, listen, the next place I need you to live is under the blood. I don't care if you've messed up. I don't care if you feel like you're the worst person in the world. There is blood that flowed from a cross. And he says, when you come down on this altar, you're baptized in Jesus' name and you're filled with the Holy Ghost, the line in the sand is going to be drawn. And the things that affect everybody else will no longer affect them. You can be the prince of the world, but you won't be the ruler over my people. Come on, we'll close our eyes all across this place. God intended you to live in the place of the overflow. God intended you to come out of the world and live in the place of provision and anointing. And God opened up a place and an opportunity that you don't have to live like the world lives, but you can live under the blood of the Lamb. Come on, begin to pray. Begin to pray, somebody. Begin to lift up your voice right now. Come on, the Bible lets us know when the enemy comes in like, when the enemy comes in, that like a flood, God's going to raise up a banner and God's going to block it and God's going to protect you. Come on, begin to pray. You got to ask your question right now, where am I living at right now? Am I living in frustration? And am I living in anger? It's because you're trying to live in two places at once. But God sent me on this Sunday to tell somebody, choose you this day, who you're gonna serve. I got a beautiful place over here for you to live in. I got a beautiful place for you to dwell in. All of your needs are gonna be provided. The very thing that you need, I got for you. Oh, hallelujah, come on somebody. Make up in your mind right now. I'm going to live in the place of Goshen. I'm going to come up out of this world. I'm not going to be frustrated tomorrow when I wake up. I'm not going to be confused. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, that's it. Somebody fight right now. Somebody worship right now. Somebody bless the Lord right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. We come boho boho Thank you, Jesus. Come on, don't let anything hold you back today. You need to get where God intended you to be. You need to dwell where God intended you to dwell. Come on, don't be afraid. Come up to the altar. If you feel that push, if you feel that pull from the Holy Ghost, come on, won't you make your way up here? Hand some things over to God. Hand over the frustration. Hand over the anger. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, prayer warriors. Get up here and start praying. Help somebody fight this morning. Help somebody push this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is how I
today and thank him for the word come on begin to thank him for that word today come on thank him for speaking to you in your heart today in your life hallelujah he's still working on me hallelujah hallelujah clap your hands and give the lord a great big hand clap of praise thank you jesus thank you jesus come on even if i feel like i don't deserve it god Amen. Amen. I wonder today, if we all just close our eyes just here for a moment, just close your eyes here for a moment, how many would by just lifting your hands say, Pastor, I want to live in the overflow. Come on, how many would just acknowledge that today with the Lord? I want to live in the overflow. I want to move past just getting by. I just want to, I want to get past just making it from Sunday to Sunday. Come, I don't want to crawl in the church every time when the door is open. But I want to, man, God, I want to be the first one to praise. I want to be the first one to worship. Come on. Can you acknowledge that today? I want, I want God to know through the week on Monday what he means to me. I want him to know what, it, what he means to me on Thursday and Friday. Come on, it's more than a Sunday thing. I want to live in the overflow. And how many will pray with your pastor right now? Amen. That the word that was spoken today would resonate in our lives through this week. 
And we begin to see doors open. We begin to see the rain fall. Come on, we begin to see things that haven't moved in a long time begin to move, shake. Prison walls falling. Chains busting. Shackles loosening. Come on, I feel the Lord right now. Come on, we're not going to just receive it now and walk out and forget about it this week, but God's turning things in our life right now. Come on, He's given you a sound mind to receive what the man of God has brought to us today. Come on, one more time with hands lifted to heaven. Say, God, be with me this week. God, use me this week. Take my heart. Come on, that's it. You pray. Come on, you pray, church. Come on, claim that overflow right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, claim your overflow right now. Come on, walk in this week with confidence knowing I'm going to live where God intended me to live. Come on, if you believe that, come on, if you believe what the Word said, living where God intended me to live, come on, can you give God praise right now? Come on, even when you don't see it, even if you don't feel it right now, God's got everything where come on I'm going where God's taking me I'm living where God's going to place me praise God make sure you get the brother West today and let him know how much we appreciate the word amen also Sunday school man brother Ty amen teaching Sunday school lesson day wonderful amen don't forget the bake sale that's going on supporting our Sunday school department man support that as you leave today also, all those that attended yesterday, the couples bowling and billards, thank you so much. Uh, we, I think we had around 12 or 13 couples that showed up for that yesterday. Thank you so much for participating in that. I mean, that was a wonderful time of fellowship. God bless you. Shake hands and be friendly. Don't forget Wednesday night service, 7 o'clock. Work this week to invite somebody to church. Be a great witness for the Lord. If you're a first-time guest, when you exit out the doors to the right, stop by our Welcome Center. We've got a special gift for you. All of our directors, all of our directors, once you get settled out of the sanctuary, make your way down to my office, that area down there. We've got a quick word for you, all of our directors.